This podcast is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, I'm Robert Kirkman, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. Angry Bird Star Wars is a dumb way to separate you from your money. Welcome to episode 90 of THN. We're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, November 14th. My name is Matt Baum, and that's at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. And when I'm not celebrating the return of my voice with a beautiful Danzig howl, I'm appraising comics and writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorthPoint.com. Angry Birds is the best thing to happen to America. Whatever. You're out of your They're mind. They paint it with Star Wars and you buy it twice. No, it's different. Now they have yes. lightsabers yes. and they do stuff. I'm Joe Patrick at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not screaming like a baby every time my co-host tries to organize this show into something that resembles a professional effort. What does that mean? Remember when I was like, let's just do our five right now at, at work? And you were like, ah! that's the opposite. That's exactly I said what that. That's what happened. I said that. <laughs> I said that to you. That's not true. I'm the artist of Good Plus Online and the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, you'll hear reviews of Fantastic Four number one and the all-new X-Men number one. I wrote an entire review of Fantastic Four number one before I remembered Joe Patrick's reviewing that one. Then, we'll <laughs> review ten more comics faster than the internet can gather a billion signatures requesting that Macy's drop Donald Trump from their advertising during the ludicrous speed round. After that, we'll pay visit to THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where chemicals created for military uses will help us divine the secrets of next week's comics. And finally, those superfly gangster thugs the comic pushers are back in highly addictive comics to one impressionable junkie listener. And of course, we'll be reading your answers to the question of the week. But before we get to all the high-level military infidelity cover-ups and borderline racist sore losing, let's take a moment to cheat on our wives and accuse the president of buying votes. And then we'll talk about this week's big news. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. Hasbro, the American toy company known for sculpting most of our childhoods, recently filed a new trademark for their long-dead ROM property, with the US, I didn't read this. I'm yeah, super excited. With the U.S. <laughs> Patent and Trademark Office. The news sent comic sites abuzz with speculation. Could a rom comic revival be on the way? Adding fuel to the fire is the rumor that Hasbro is next on Disney's to-buy list, meaning that ROM would be back at Marvel, the company that created literally everything about the character that people care about. Just Matt, in time for the Avengers space movie! <laughs> Matt Bomb, like, is clutching his temples. I covered my eyeballs! <laughs> <laughs> Plus, Disney buying Hasbro would mean that Transformers and G.I. Joe would join ROM and Star Wars under the Disney umbrella. Oh my god, they could rip that crap away from the opening, morons that destroyed the movies! Opening the door for Marvel Just to return like Star Wars. to the franchise they had such great success with in the 80s. It's all pure speculation at this point, and Hasbro oh denies the Disney God. rumors. I was going to make a joke about Aaron Myers loving ROM at this point, but this is way more entertaining. Going insane! <laughs> Why don't you express yourself? I didn't do my job and read the news before. I figured I'll just respond. <laughs> Holy sh! That would be awesome. Uh, see, all I want more... I'm not just talking about ROM. I'm like, like all of it. G.I. Joe, Transformers. Just be like, Mr. Bay... You're never allowed to touch Transformers again. <laughs> you know, like, and it makes, and this is pure speculation. This is not news, but it makes perfect sense. If you're going to make an Avengers space movie starring the Guardians of the Galaxy, who should be leading the Guardians of the Galaxy if not Star Lord? 
Rom! I just want to put this Rom! idea into people's heads. Marvel is reprinting at the moment a Space Knights miniseries. It sucked. Which came out in the late 90s. It sucked. Which was basically Rom without Rom. It was all the Marvel created elements of Rom. Well, he was there, but they called him He Who Shall Not Be No, named he wasn't or, there. He was like in their history the or whatever. Unnamed yeah, yeah. or something like that or something. But stupid. why are they reprinting Space Knights okay. now? Come on. Mm-hmm. I, all I want mm-hmm. is Rom to come back to comics. Oh, man, that would be cool. <laughs> IDW announced yet another relaunch of their main G.I. Joe series today, this time by writer Fred Van Lenty and Steve Kurth. The new G.I. Joe number one will hit in February and will deal with the fact the existence of the Joes has been revealed and their battle with Cobra has moved onto American soil and into the public eye. In IDW's official press release, Van Lenty said, quote, In the first arc, Homefront, the G.I. Joe team gets a new but familiar commanding officer, a new and unfamiliar public role, and discover that Cobra has brought their war to America in a major way for the first time. Artist Stephen Kurth further described the new series as, quote, G.I. Joe with a superhero spin. The new G.I. Joe will pave the way for the March launch of G.I. Joe Special Missions by Chuck Dixon and Paul Galassi, and G.I. Joe Cobra Files, which will continue Mike Costa and Antonio Fuso's excellent run. Joe Patrick, do you think they're finally going to make Shipwreck gay? No, man. Shipwreck is tough. He's all man. Is that right? Yeah. Where's the little white sailor hat? Listen, ship, <laughs> shipwreck, shipwreck might be gay. Who cares? No, it's, it's okay. Not a problem. I'm just saying. Let's let's let's. You He's know, the best of the best. Give the guy his due. You know, yeah. like uh, you, I don't know. You can be the best and kiss dudes. It's fine. Are we really not gonna talk about? No, let's talk about <laughs> the this. Uh, Fred Van Lente, GI Joe. Awesome. Hooray! Awesome. Uh, I don't uh, the the superhero spin kind of worries me, but I read a little bit more about it. Hasn't GI Joe always kind of had a superhero spin? You know, and like. They're not just, this is not a military comic, sir. Like, I never considered G.I. Joe a war comic. No, 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 no. But if you look at the cover to number one, they all have new costumes, and they're kind of rough. They're, like, very superhero reminiscent. Not, like, spandex, but it's it's enough to make me go, ugh. But I read a little bit more from Van Lenty, and he said, there will be fantastical elements just like in the G.I. Joe we know and love, but it will continue to be about more like modern warfare. Okay. Not in a realistic like war comic way, but in the way that it has been. In the way that G.I. Joe should be done. Yeah. Chuck Dixon's take on the G.I. Joe ongoing, I just wasn't that into it. Yeah, me either. But I like Fred Van Lente a lot, and I think that this stands to at least be worth checking out at the very least. And finally, Academy Award-winning screenwriter Michael Arndt has been confirmed as the writer of Star Wars Episode Seven. Didn't see that coming. Arndt won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for Little Miss Sunshine in 2006 and was nominated again in 2010 for Toy Story 3. The writer has also penned the script to the upcoming Hunger Games sequel, Catching Fire. According to Deadline, Arndt is also responsible for writing the treatment for episodes 7, 8, and 9, meaning that the new trilogy won't be based on an old treatment George Lucas found stuffed in a drawer somewhere, Whew. as was originally rumored. Shoosh. <laughs> Throwing the rumors of recent meetings between Lucas, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill, and a positive grunt from the general direction of Harrison Ford. <laughs> and things are shaping up in a really interesting way for the new Star Wars trilogy. Still excited. I am. I'm still excited. Well, much, just like, anything new. Just like new creators and new voices and like... 
man, that's just good news. And that's exactly what they need. Well, and this guy is like recognized by an authority as an excellent writer. Right. And he's really good. Little he Miss is Sunshine really good. is an amazing movie. And fantastic. Toy Story 3 made me cry. I'm a grown ass man. My wife wouldn't let me watch it because her heart is black as coal. Oh, no. Yes. It's so good. And to see him taking on the Star Wars franchise, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more about it. I think it. it's not the name that I, it's not one of the names that I would have guessed, but I like it. I think everybody was looking towards like the superstars. Like, right. what's, oh, Steven Spielberg going to do Star Wars? Is Spielberg. Joss Whedon going to do Star Wars? Right. I got bad news for you. Joss Whedon's going to be a little bit busy going yeah. into 2015. Yeah, he's got some stuff on his head. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, this is a great step in the right direction. Next step, though, director. I need a director, and it needs to be somebody good. Yes. It doesn't have to be a superstar, flashy director. No, but, it, but just somebody solid. That's all I want. Yeah, solid. It's like Mick G directs Star Wars, episode seven. Mick G. Does Mick G still do stuff? I don't know. I think he just produces. All right. I think he's he just cashes checks. Produces. Yeah. He yeah. writes checks. He doesn't cash them. Both. <laughs> you got to write them to cash them. Oh, there you go. That's the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, head over to our Facebook page where we put up our treatment of Star Wars 7 where Rom Space Knight goes back in time and undoes all the stupid shit from episodes 1, 2, and 3. I'd watch that. I'd watch the hell out of that. (laughs) Each week, my main wiener man, Joe Patrick, posts the question of the week on our Facebook and Twitter page. I'm not even going to fight that. That's from Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead. Meyer, huh? Like Oscar Meyer? He your main wiener man? (laughs) (laughs) Did you even finish that statement? No. (laughs) How do I get back to this? I don't even know. I'm just totally lost. And then we read your responses on the damn show. This week's question was, which formerly great writer slash artist has fallen the furthest from your favor and we're not taking personal insults here so if you got all snarky and said some stuff about these guys we're not going to read it because there's a chance that we're going to be having lunch with them next time we're at a comic-con or something that's right we have to think about the future we're going to get super famous really fast here guys and then we just won't talk to any of you jerks anymore joe patrick what are our listeners saying we'll start with twitter we received a tweet from anthony collado who says welcome aboard anthony Nah. No. 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 We oh, know Anthony. Good to see you again, Ant. Yeah. He says BM Bendis. Really? I said BM Bendis, but he says Bendis. His Ultimate Spider Man books are great, but his 616 stuff is horrible. I think he's burned out. I don't know about horrible. I don't think horrible, but I agree, burned horrible out. Horrible strong. And you know what? We'll talk about this when we yeah. get to our review of the all new X Men. Yeah, absolutely. Cornelius Stuyvesant. I'm, maybe I'm getting better. Maybe I'm getting worse. We've seen him around. Yeah, absolutely. We've butchered his name before. No question. Stuss <laughs> No question, Frank Miller. He wrote some of the most classic stories ever and now has lost his mind. Yes. Poor guy. And that's not being snarky. No, it's true. And we'll touch back on Frank Miller many times <laughs> through this show. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, John Kivas writes in. Scott Collins. I love his work with Jeff Johns on The Flash. I totally agree. But his new work slash style just doesn't work for me. He's right. I I agree. I think he's gotten back to his old style a little bit. I've seen him on some things that where he kind of looks like the old Scott Collins. But for a while there, 
He had this weird, like, soft-colored pencil-looking... Yeah, it looked like he was trying to do sort of a Francis Manipal thing, but it did not work. Yeah, it just... It was it was a bad uh, way for his style to go, but the last couple of things I saw him do looked better, but he did go for a stretch yeah. there where it was like, ooh, Scott Collins. And our last Twitter response comes from Nod, who writes... Uh, he hasn't done anything in a while, but I went from fanboy to avoid with Todd McFarlane. Yes, totally agree. C- totally agree. And again, without the snark, also due to some of the way he carried himself, some of the quotes he had about other creators and working for people and stuff, man. Yeah. It, you know, the internet is, we've talked about it a lot before, the internet it really makes it hard to stay fans of some guys mm-hmm. because they don't they either don't realize or they don't care that they are now in a public forum and they are being constantly scrutinized. I don't envy them, but it just means, hey, some of our bigger mouth creators are going to lose a few fans. Right. Your John Burns. That's what happens. Ethan Van Skyvers, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Good example. Your Rob Liefeld. Your Rob Liefeld. <laughs> Off to a real good start here. We'll read some more from our Facebook and try not to offend any creators we used to love later on in the show that we sorry we don't love you anymore and here's why stop loving you and here's specifically why It's review time on THN, where each week, comic companies try to buy our favor with gifts and financial encouragement, but we stay unbiased and focused in our search True for that. quality in the pages of two of this week's new comics. Matt, what did you read this week? I read all new X-Men, number one from Marvel Comics, written by B.M. Bendis, with art by Stuart Imonen. 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 With inks by Wade Von Graubadger. Colors name. by Marte Gracia. There we go. Sure. And lettering by VCs Corey Pettit. I don't know if VC owns... Virtual Calligraphy. Okay. Do they own him? He's an employee of <laughs> okay. Virtual Calligraphy. Here's your solicit. It's a blast from the past as the original five students, Professor X, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Angel, and Beast are plucked from the past and brought to the present. But what they find, the state that their future selves are in, and the state of Xavier's dream is far from the future they dreamed of. Did you say Xavier? That's right. It's not right. Continue to say it, because that's how you say that It's Xavier. And how will the X-Men of the present deal with their past crashing forward? This is Brian Michael Bendis making his X-debut here alongside Stuart Immonen. And I'm just going to start with the art, because... Somehow, impossibly, he seems to have even gotten better at what he does. The first thing I noticed here was the art, and it is truly amazing. I was a fan of Eminem before, and this is him working outside and above himself. I think it's the pairing with Von Grabadger, who specialized in making guys like Tony Harris look so damn good. Maybe that's what helped, but this is gorgeous this is absolutely excellent he should really be proud of this because this is one of the best looking x books i've seen in years the paneling is busy when it needs to be but not but without being cluttered and it guides you gently and perfectly to splash pages that don't feel overly posed or gratuitous and the colors here by gracia and i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong who is a name that I don't recognize. Is Marte Gracia. No, I don't either. I think he might be new. The colors are perfect. I'm sure he, that he's done other work. I just 
Yeah. Nothing springs to mind. But his contrast and his pop, it helps the action along. It makes the book leap off the pages. Yeah, and it, there are even like small things, like at the beginning when they first meet the new mutant in Australia, yeah. the, the girl, yeah. and her powers kick in, and after her powers kick in, her hair is different. Right. Her hair is a different color, and it's very subtle, and it's just there if you see it. If right. you notice it, it's like, oh... That's a good touch. But that's a good colorist. Paying attention. Yep, absolutely. You know? This is a fantastic art team, and they should really be proud of what they did here. Because I, I don't have a single art complaint about this book. No. It was just amazing to look at. Now, earlier, one of the guys that we posed the question of the week to said that Brian Michael Bendis, he had fallen out in love with him because he was burnt out. And I went into this thinking we were going to get more Avengers. We were going to get... We're talking heads. We're going to get more telling the story after the story has already happened, letting you know that everyone got out okay. Right. That's not here at all. That is nowhere present in this. Bendis is telling a super fun story here, and I feel like he has been re-energized by the X-Men. Sure. He's already got their voices down. He's nailing these characters. Uh, The conversation between Kitty and Iceman is fantastic. Really good stuff. His Hank so well written i love his beast and i really like what's going on with the character and i think or maybe hope (laughs) that they're hinting that the beast might go back to the way he used to look i don't know but the way that eminem and other artists draw him on occasion he doesn't look all that different than that already eminem's beast looks awesome kind of yeah completely awesome but there's even the scene in the end, and I'm not gonna, I'm not spoiling anything for you here because we know that the X Men are plucked from the past. You know, yes. brought to. The, I'm right. not gonna tell you right. how it happens, but when we see the old X Men talking in the past, it like the slang is perfect. They sound like the X Kids. It was really, really well written, and I think Bendis is re-energized here. I agree. I think he's gonna have a lot of fun with this book. This hit the ground running. It was done really well. It looks beautiful. This is an absolute buy it for anyone that was tired of the X-Men or tired of Bendis' Avengers. This is new life into the X franchise, and I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm giving it a buy it as well, and I think it's great even for people that liked X-Men. Like, it's oh, just a good, It's a good X-Men book. And they've announced that Bendis is also doing uncanny x-men when that relaunches which is going to follow cyclops's team of fugitives cool sounds good chris bocciolo on art cool i just think that this is a great x-men series yeah and they've it seems like they're paring down a little they're canceling x-men like adjectiveless x-men which they should it, that it's book not has no purpose whatsoever now all they need to do is finally pull the trigger on astonishing x-men so that we can get back to yeah. a normal number you know what i noticed here no wolverine no wolverine no wolverine yep brave very brave but my rating is buy it i really enjoyed reading it but let me ask you this question matt aaron myers on our website wrote a review of this for his ludicrous speed column yeah he's fired don't worry (laughs) he didn't (laughs) like it yeah which i i read his review and i don't get it well he said that if there was supposed to be something here for new readers he didn't catch it he didn't nothing drew him in now, we're coming in as, as already fans, and I guess I have to agree that they didn't spend a whole lot of time explaining what makes the X-Men awesome in this issue. I mean, I guess, but my question to that would be, do they need to at this point? 
Like, if we're going to write a new Superman comic, do we need to start with Superman coming from Krypton? No, I mean, I'm not saying an origin. I'm saying this is the world of the X-Men. You know, they didn't even have that. There was just like... Here we are. The story's in progress. Well, no, there's the front page has yeah, like the recap page, a good recap. I mean, mm. it brings you up to speed as much as it can. Let's keep in mind this is, and I'm not just like gushing over this and saying, no, I don't want to hear anything bad. What I'm saying is this is a 36 page comic book. Sure. I don't want a full recap of everything that's happened that's brought us to this point in 36 pages to lead me to the new series. I think it needed to hit the ground running a little bit. I no, I and I agree. I'm not lessening my rating. Are. I love the right. book. I'm just wondering. I'm posing the question: If you gave this to somebody that has never read X Men, do you think that they would have a positive reaction to it? I think if they it, uh, maybe like I don't know about like just like Joe off the street, which is this. That's what's supposed to be the point of this says, relaunch. Hey, I want to read an X Men comic. I haven't read it forever. And you handed them this, yeah. I think they'd be into it. I think it's interesting. I think the hook of pulling the old students from the past to the present is a good enough hook that, yes, it would bring new readers in. Well, and something somebody pointed out at the shop is that the young X-Men characters play the role of the new reader because they don't know what's going on either. Yeah, that's actually, that's brilliant. So, I mean... Don't worry about it so much, right? Because you're in the same boat as half the cast. And you know what Bendis does? He writes character stories. Yeah, he's going to write a character story here, and I think it's going to work whether you're an old reader or a new one. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Buy it for me as well. Joe Patrick, tell us about another Marvel Now book, Fantastic Four, number one. Whoa! This one was written by Matt Fraction with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Mark Farmer, and colors by Paul Mounts. Uh, virtual calligraphy. Also did the letters on this one. I did not really make that note because the letters were fine. Nothing stood out. They were good. They did their job. I read them. Yeah, I read them. They were in English. Here's your solicit. (laughs) Four adults, two kids, one quote-unquote car. (laughs) Now begins a journey through all of infinite time and space. Short and sweet, but no bullet points. Yep, and not much there. Well, you know, I, but I to me, that's the exact, that's all you need. It's like, Fair enough. Awesome. Fair enough. Matt Fraction has the thankless job of following one of the most epic creative runs in Marvel history. Fraction's script absolutely reads like a first issue should. It touches on many familiar elements that define the members of the FF. Sue's motherly compassion, Reed's genius and ego, Johnny's overconfident womanizing, and Ben's ongoing conflict with the Yancey Street Gang. However, it references several ideas that Jonathan Hickman originated, specifically the Future Foundation and Johnny's connection to the Negative Zone, without really making an effort to explain them. The recap page explains the Future Foundation well enough, but the Negative Zone stuff is completely glossed over. Yeah. So that may raise some questions for new readers. During one of their usual adventures, Mr. Fantastic is injured in a way that shouldn't be possible. His findings after investigating his injury prompt him to launch the family on a cosmic road trip to seek answers. Have we ever seen Reed Richards get injured? I don't think we have. Uh, you know, nothing springs to mind. Like, I've seen him, like, deflated and all. Just, like, yeah. You know, well, stretched yeah, out. Yeah, worn out. And then but there's... I mean, like, cut. I mean, like, no, I not like that I Wolverine know can't cut Mr. Fantastic. Nope. And that's the plot that propels the story. And, of course, in typical Mr. Fantastic fashion... He keeps it a secret from those that love him. Uh, you know, that just, always works. He's just too smart. Yeah. 
Bagley's art is up to its usual high standards. I know not everyone's still a fan, but I have always liked the guy. His layouts aren't especially flashy or groundbreaking, but he's a master storyteller. He did a great job here. Yeah, and he's at his best in the close, less crowded panels. Uh, I will agree that he loses a, a step when it comes to the larger crowd scenes yep. when the camera pulls back and there there's was like a 15 couple, people in the room. There was a couple panels like when they first like popped back forward in time Yeah, that looked kind of weird. And all the gym scene where it, yeah. it's like all the guys standing around the ring. It, it, it it's loses, like he loses a little bit. his perspective a little bit when mm. he's trying to draw. I don't know. It just gets weird. But in the close-up scenes, the scenes that are you know like medium shots where it's just a handful of people, the first page Great. where it's them in the ship... Beautifully, yeah. beautifully drawn. I don't say historically, Bigley has had a lot of trouble with team books, and those that's problems, true. for the most part, are not here. Well, and I think the good thing is that Fantastic Four is four guys, four <laughs> four members, <laughs> yeah. and then the kids. Right. Mark Farmer is an excellent choice to ink Bagley's pencils, just like Wade von Gora Badger. You know, he is a veteran, and his whole deal is making guys look awesome. He's been adding the same clean lines to Alan Davis's work for years, I, and he I brings that to FF. totally got an Alan Davis vibe yeah. from Bagley here. Mark Farmer, long-time time art partner of Alan Davis. The colors by Paul Mounts really complement the visuals very nicely. The book is vibrant and bright, just as you would expect it to be. The opening page is especially beautiful, in part because of Paul Mounts' colors. Yeah. And, you know, there's a scene where Reed's in front of all of his analyzing equipment, and it's, you know, you got the glow of different screens. It's really cool. And it's just, uh, and then the backdrop of the negative zone and the flaming sun. Yeah, it's you, just you gotta, really well drawn. You gotta do tech if you're gonna do the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And I didn't think Bigley could do the tech. But if you've got guys like this on the coloring who can do tricks like that, it totally yes. works. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. As a first issue, I thought this was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's good, even. But I will say Fraction plays it very safe. Uh, maybe that's a good thing because it's a first issue and you don't want to freak people out. Right. But time will tell if his usual flair for the weird, you know, seeps in. And I kind of hope it does because... I do too. The Fantastic Four is all about huge ideas. If we're, if we're going with the Explorer route, you know, the Imaginauts or whatever, right. then I need Fraction to really step it up with the huge, crazy ideas. I think you will. And But this issue... You know, it was just like setting the stage, and it was great for that purpose. This issue is going to get a lot of unfair criticism just because it's not Hickman. Right. But Fraction and Bagley are off to a good start. I'm looking forward to them making their own mark on this book. I'm giving it a buy it. Let me ask you, were there some parts of it that felt a little disjointed to you? Like what? Storytelling-wise. Like, I would say that the thing with the Yancey Street gang did not work at all for me. It's like they were having like an after-hours fight club Yeah. in like some community center it was ben grimm's community center that he started and they were videotaping it and they all kept calling each other dummy no they were calling him dummy right and that's what they call him that's what the ancestry gang and he was calling them dummy it just didn't work it almost had like this sinister feel for it you know what i tell you what supposed to be a joke what made that scene not work for me the kids knocking him down no i thought that was fun that's dumb no it's not dumb how much do you think ben grimm weighs Listen, I, I understand. Curiosity. I understand. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> like I just few, thought it was fun. A few kids bump into the thing and he falls down. But Matt, that's the whole that's the whole point of the Yancey Street gang I'm, is that this group of I get it. They've been messing with youths him forever. Can get the drop on him like this. My friend Meatloaf and I have the same problem with some little kids that smoke cigarettes and talk smack about us. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> but the like 
the point of the Yancey Street Gang is that, oh, Ben Grimm is a big-time superhero. He thinks he's too good for us now. I understand that. And so in that context, I loved it because it was the whole old school thing where they're bending down on the ground and they're pushing him over their backs. I just thought, I get that, but I thought You're, you're reading too much into it. I'm not talking about the physics of him being knocked down. Yeah. I just didn't think it was handled well. No, I, think, I think what made that scene work a little less well for me is that historically, you don't really ever see the Yancey Street yeah. Gang. That's what I was going to say. It's uh, They're always just running away. Yeah, and to actually see them yeah. full-bodied and, and most of them grown. Having a fight club? Yeah, I, I that was jarring. It gave us this agree. really weird, sinister vibe that totally takes away from the fun of the Anti Street Kang picking on the thing. Yeah, and I agree. It didn't I, work. The, I was surprised to actually like see the members of the yeah, Anti Street Kang. But I, I like, liked I the like comic. It. I'm also giving it a buy, and I thought it was well done. I liked Bagley a lot more here than I thought I would. There were a couple of issues I had. I am giving it a buy it. I agree with you. I do hope that he takes us to a weird place and fast. Yeah. Because that's what we need in the NFF. Of course, we want to know what you super families and children of the Atom thought of these comics. So let us know how underwhelming and barely competent our reviews were over at the comments section for this episode on TwoHeadedNerd.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I have sad news to report to you. This will be the final Twinkie eating contest between Joe, myself, and Soviet Super Bear Ursa Major due to the fact that Hostess will be closing their doors next week. But put your money on us, nerds, because after we whoop his fuzzy butt, we're going to have to do something with this sugar rush. So we'll burn it off by reviewing 10 of this week's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! Suicide Squad, 14 from DC. This is a part of the Death of the Family crossover with the return of the Joker, and it's all about the Joker meeting up with his wooden Harley Quinn. Pudding. And uh, it's not very good. Nope. <laughs> it's full of like bad people doing bad things, and I don't want to read about that ever. And oh, you know what? They killed Deadshot. In the last issue, really? they killed Deadshot. Really? Yeah, the book opens with his funeral. Spoiler alert. Uh. Sorry. Anyway, this wasn't very good. I'm not a fan of the artist Fernando Dagnino. I've said this before about Adam Glass. It's just there's nothing to root for, nothing to latch on with, latch onto, and I just don't care about any of these characters. I'm giving it a leave it. Chasing the Dead, number one from IDW. This is actually Joe Schreiber's Chasing the Dead. I think it's based on Liam Schreiber's Chasing <laughs> the Dead. I think it's based off a novel. I'm not positive on that one. And you know what? The story was kind of compelling. There's a mystery here. A little girl and her friend are stalked by a child killer. They kill the child killer Whoa. and then go about their lives. Well, guess what? Their secret comes back to haunt them! Oh, my God! But the art is bad. Uh. <laughs> it's just bad. And, you know, I just don't have any really nice things to say about the art. I'm sorry. It kind of took me out of it. Still, the story was good. Skim it. All right? There. Skim it. Superboy, 14 from DC. You're a coward, sir. This is, I guess, the first real installment of the Hell on Earth <laughs> crossover between <laughs> the Superman titles. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I haven't read Superboy in a year, and I thought, hey, why not check back in with it? Uh, Should have kept it on the shelf. Uh, Tom DeFalco's writing it. I used to like Tom DeFalco back in the 90s. Um, I just hate this version of Superboy. Might not be Tom DeFalco's fault either. No, 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 no. Yeah. 
I don't like this version of Superboy. This weird, long-haired, demonic Kryptonian thing. I yeah. just don't care. Uh, I don't know. And R.B. Silva's art, it's not as nice as I remember. Yeah. Man, that's just a lot of bad... Yeah. That's a lot of strikes. I guess it's a leave it. Where is Jake Ellis number one from Image? Tell me something good. Who is Jake Ellis was one of my favorite miniseries from last year. Where is Jake Ellis number one was one of the most exciting, kinetic, and f***ing awesome comics I have read in a long time. Uh, artist Zanjik got even better at what he does. This book is so good. And it looks like it's going to go in a totally different direction than we thought it was going. Can't wait. Make this a movie now. Think Memento meets the Bourne trilogy. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Avengers Assemble, number nine, Marvel. This is the first issue of Kelly Sue DeConnick as head writer. Well, only writer of this title. (laughs) And Stefano Caselli on art. And it was really fun. Good. It was really fun. Look at Kelly Sue, man. She writes good comics. Uh, Avengers Assemble is kind of the redheaded stepchild of uh, the Avengers books. Uh, due in large part to Marvel's insistence that it's an in-continuity book featuring the movie characters. Yeah, hey! Uh, This one, that whole premise is gone. Like, there's no hint of it, and it's just a great story about the Hulk and Iron Man competing to solve a mystery to see who can solve it first. Really? And it's really funny, and it's really well-written, and the art is gorgeous. I'm giving it a strong buy it. If you haven't been reading this book, check out this issue. Borderlands Origins, number one from IDW. This is the origin of Roland, who is the soldier character from Borderlands 2. Borderlands 1. Oh, from Borderlands 1. Sorry. Uh, it sucked. <laughs> you know, like, I went into this whole excited because IDW does a great job, but this just sucked. The art was bad. There was no good story here. I just did not care. Leave it. Bad stuff. X-Men Legacy, number one from Marvel. I read this because I was curious about the extreme departure this title is taking from what came before. Yes. I really could care less about Legion. Sorry. I kind of love him. I mean, he's fun on paper. I kind of love him. But in execution, very hard to manage. No pun intended. Yes. And I, at first when I read it, I was like, you know what? That was interesting. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man... That had a lot going on, and I don't care about any of it. I see. I kind of liked it, and I thought the art that Tang Eng Huat was doing is definitely different from his other style. I thought it was bad art. Kind of crazy. I don't know if it's good or bad. I got to give now, it a skim it. I will say the uh, comic most likely to be canceled. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, this gets a skim it from me. I just I don't, I would, I don't give care. it a skim it as well. And I couldn't really recommend it to anybody unless they are like Legion super fans. Yeah, I like it. Thor, God of Thunder, number one from Marvel. Jason Aaron proved that he knows exactly what we want in a Thor book right yeah. here. The title is God of Thunder. This was the most metal comic Marvel put out. so tough. I loved it. Spoiler alert, future Thor is missing an arm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. I loved it. The art by Asad Ribic, just gorgeous. Excellent work here. I can't wait for more Marvel Now Thor. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Invincible 97 from Image. This is a nice little one-shot story. A pleasant little one-off tale about uh, Black Vincible and uh, (laughs) his family finding out his secret identity. It takes a very dark and unexpected turn. I don't want to spoil it. It's so great. It's just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm reading this. I can't believe this is happening. And then there's a moment where you're just like, oh, Kirkman, you are genius. (laughs) Uh, This is a great book. I am excited for number 100. The next storyline, The Road to 100, starts next month. 
check out Invincible, you guys. First trade, it's awesome. You should be buying this book. Buy it. Great Pacific number one from Image. There was so much buzz about this book, and it sold out like three weeks ago at Diamond, yeah. and people were thinking that it was just going to go absolutely nuts in the back issue market and stuff. I even wrote about it for Worth Point this week. And when I got it, I was totally underwhelmed. Oh, yeah? It just wasn't that cool. Like, the premise is really neat. Like, this young, rich kid who inherited his, like, father's company decides he's going to go deal with this giant island of trash in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. But I was just really underwhelmed. There wasn't a whole lot here. I can only give it a skimming. I haven't read it yet, but I heard good things about it. I've heard mixed things about it. Don't believe the hype. I'm not surprised. Crackoom Baroom! That is your ludicrous speed round, and Crackoom Baroom is the sound Thor's hammer makes when it brings rain to an alien desert planet, as seen in this week's issue of Thor, God of Thunder, number one. Joe Patrick, before we move into the Sanctum Sanctorum, why don't we read some more answers to the question of the week? Moving over to Facebook, Stephen Kohler writes in, with the exception of Eric Larson and Todd McFarlane, how about all of the original Image founders? Mm. For teaching a young comic fan raised on Marvel and DC that comic books could be delayed for ridiculous amounts of time. I would still group Todd McFarlane in there, with that. Oh, absolutely. Eric Larson, I totally admit, he's still great, still kicking ass. Love Eric Larson. There you go. Jason Colner writes, I would have to say Jeff Loeb. His current work has been uh, atrocious, in my opinion. Yes. Such a far cry from his past stuff, brilliant works such as The Long Halloween, Superman for All Seasons, and Hush. Our buddy Patrick Cavanaugh writes in with, I'm going to go with Joe Patrick. He was the artist for the publicly available comic Good Plus Online. It's true. But nowadays, he only draws for a private institution known as Metro Community College. Not to mention the fact that he's been hyping his return to Good Plus Online for like, what, three, six months? I'm not sure. Not six months. Yeah, like six months ago. It's coming back. Not yelling about everything. Big letdown, that Joe Patrick. Patrick. Let me tell you. And I've been there since day one. Makes him a sellout in my book. (laughs) Moving back to serious territory, Darren Jensen writes in and says, I have to agree that Frank Miller got on the crazy train and never came back. Absolutely. But John Byrne's decline is appalling. Chris Claremont's epic burnout is worth note as well, but Frank Miller has to win because he turned into a savage, Islamophobic misogynist. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely true. I mean, you could say John Byrne turned into a jerk. So what? Everybody does, you know? He was always kind of a jerk. And Chris Claremont, you know, kind of nutso, I guess. But man, Miller... Justin O'Connor echoes Darren's sentiment saying, Frank Miller, that guy bought into his hype so bad that he sleeps with his stupid fedora on and has mini blind shadows tattooed on his face. (laughs) (laughs) That Justin is always good for a chuckle. Good stuff. Now join us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where Brother Voodoo and the Shadow Man await us, surrounded by ceremonial incense, and by using the THN Ouija board, we will reach out to the ghost of Swedish chemist Albert Hoffman, for the record, may not be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Did I just realize that we did not check on that. Who first synthesized... Lysergic acid diath- diethylamide. Better known as LSD. How do you say that last word? Dithylamide. Dithylamide. On, his, on this day, November 16th, 
Back in 1938, happy LSD day, kids. Together, we'll be dropping acid and expanding our consciousness to the edge of next Wednesday to glean the secrets of next week's comics. Matt, what's your pick for next week? (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't go over the drug reference. Joke. Yeah, I just looked at this day back in 1938. I'm like, man, that guy's old. He's got to be dead. He's probably dead. (laughs) My pick for next week, Judge Dredd, number one from IDW. Written by Dwayne Swierzynski, with art by Nelson and Daniel. I like both of these guys very much, and I hate to say this because it makes me sound very Britophobic, and I'm not Britophobic. I've had sex with British people and had a great time doing it, and I love Chris the British guy. Super funny, you know? He has not had sex with Chris the British guy. <clears throat> that he knows of. Not to my knowledge. I tried to read some old Judge Dredd British comics. Could not do it. It was just like too British. Too much slang. What does that mean? Too, too much British. I just could barely follow it. Almost. There was. It was just so. It was like it was written in a foreign language. You know? Yes, English. I'm looking forward to uh, Dwayne Truzinski Americanizing this a little bit for me, and I'm gonna say I'm the problem, not you. Fair enough. Not you, people across the pond. Me. Okay. I'm glad you recognize. I'm your too own simple. <laughs> yes. Joe Patrick, what's your pick? There was no other choice for me but Indestructible Hulk number one from Marvel Comics by Mark Wade and Linnell Francis Yu. I don't know if he throws the Francis in there anymore, but I insist on saying it. <laughs> this is Mark Wade bringing the slightly askew take on the Hulk that he brought to Daredevil, and I can't wait. He's joining S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the Hulk <laughs> as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., which kind of explains why... Bruce Banner was just hanging out at Avengers Tower and right. Avengers Assemble. Right. And why the Hulk is wearing weird armor. Yes. But I am very excited for another great take on a Marvel icon by Mark Wade. I can't get enough of his Daredevil, and super, I'm expecting to love his Hulk. Super badass art, too, by the way. Linnell Francis, you, man. He is awesome. Our trade paperback pick for next week is Hawken from IDW. This collected miniseries by father and son duo. Ben and the amazing Tim Truman tells the story of a mean-spirited aging gunslinger in the ugly, bloody West. It was black and white. It was beautiful to look at. Tim Truman, not on the list of aging artists that have fallen out of my favor. That guy is still awesome. Hawking is great. Check it out. As always, we want to know what Dr. Hoffman's experiment revealed to your third eye and what you plan on reading next week. So let us know over the comment section for this episode at TwoHeadedNerd.com. I don't know anything about Tupac. Yes, you do. He's a poet. Cops give a damn about a nerd? Pull the trigger. Kill a comic reader. He's a hero. Give the comic crack to the nerds. Who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First, ship him dope and let him deal to brothers. Give him guns. Step back and watch him kill each other. Oh, I kind of got it. Yeah. Don't blame the comic pushers, y'all. Blame the game. And wandering-eyed, cat-piece-smelling junkies like Nathan Carlos, who writes, Not long ago, I read The Young Liars and absolutely loved the weirdness and purity of it. It's just Lapham pouring his heart into every page. It was really good. I liked it, too. I also read Casanova, Avaricia, and loved that book. Is it Avaricia or Avarita? I don't Avaricia. know. Avaricia. Yeah, it's TIA. Avaricia. Well, who knows? So do you guys have any recommendations in the same vein of those books? I know that 
Part of the appeal of these books is how different they are from everything else, so it may be hard, but you guys shouldn't shy away from a challenge. You are right, Nathan. He's absolutely right. I would start with Day Tripper by the artists of Casanova, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. It was a Vertigo series. It was 12 issues long. It was absolutely beautiful, first of all. It was gigantic in scope. It was gut-wrenching. It was lovely. It was weird. It was fun. I absolutely adored that series. It's a little it's a little bit more down to earth than something like Casanova, but the high concept, you know, where it was about the same character dying over and over. Yes. living different aspects of his life is certainly very high concept, very Oh yeah. out of the ordinary. For me, if you're looking for something with really big ideas and very high on the weirdness factor, I got to give it to Brian K. Period Vaughn's There you go. Saga with art by Fiona Staples. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't know about Saga already? But if you're not, the first trade is out. It's only 10 bucks for the first six issues, and issue seven came out this week. Yes. So you could be totally caught up. It's about a husband and wife that were on opposite sides of a war. They fell in love, got married, had a wee baby, and now both of their respective armies are after them for treason (laughs) and so they're on the run fugitive style it's just got all of these huge science fiction crazy ideas like rocket ships that are made out of trees and princes that have tvs for heads yeah prince robot and (laughs) sexy spider lady bounty hunters and cats that can tell if you're lying and weird sex planets with mrs potato heads with huge (laughs) long gams it's just it's crazy in terms of the ideas. This week's issue had like the single most disturbing, crazy. I haven't read it yet. Alien thing. Don't tell me that has yet to appear in the book, and you'll know <laughs> it when you see it. Uh, my vote is for Saga. It's it's straightforward in its storytelling, but huge in its scope and weird in the idea department. It's really great. My buddy Nate from Team Love Records, who listens to the show, just picked up Saga on based on us screaming about it. Boom! Absolutely loved it. I would comic also, pushers are never wrong. I would also throw out Joe the Barbarian by Ooh, Sean Murphy yes, and Grant Morrison about a kid that goes into a diabetic coma in his room and joins a war that's being fought between his toys. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and it may or may not actually happen. It was the best Star Trek Batman G.I. Joe crossover <laughs> you will yeah. ever read. It and was great. Sean Murphy's art yes. is just stunning. It and, may have been it was it the series that brought us Sean Murphy? Surely he has done something I don't think before that was his Joe the first Barbarian. Work. No, that was definitely not his first work. It's the first time anybody sat up and took notice, It though. definitely got a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. I would also throw out Profit from Image. Brandon Graham's Profit, which is a relaunch of Rob Liefeld's throwaway I Want Cable Back character. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it is so far in the highbrow science fiction camp that it will lose most readers because it is bizarre it's john prophet waking up on the planet earth possibly millions of years after he was supposed to well i think at first you don't even know that it's earth yeah it's a completely alien landscape it defies description yeah it (laughs) literally defies description it's some of the best sci-fi stuff i have ever read and the art Simon Roy, Farrell Darlarimple has worked on it. It's bizarre. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Super high in concept. I highly recommend checking out The New Prophets. I would uh, second that statement with all of Brandon Graham's stuff. Yeah. King City, 
which is oh king city was fantastic just nuts that's another <laughs> one you would love a cat that can mimic uh, that can do various things based on what you feed it what injections you give it <laughs> like and multiple warheads which is uh came out back in the day and he's basically kind of relaunched it with a new series in the last couple of weeks. yeah we just reviewed it a couple weeks ago and it's, re- i really enjoyed it he's just got such a mind for crazy sci-fi ideas if you're looking for something casanova-esque where the ideas are huge and uh, wholly original brandon graham absolutely yeah it's not necessarily as straightforward narratively as casanova casanova is a story you know there's it's it's a story but it's also a story written for people with add sure sure oh <laughs> ooh, you know what i just thought of butcher baker the righteous maker oh yeah joe casey's butcher baker uh, it's Joe Casey and Captain Mike America, Huddleston. the sex addict. It's Captain America, yeah, the, Captain America, the sex, sex addict, big rig driver. <laughs> yeah. It's basically Smokey and the Bandit. If Smokey is the comedian from Watchmen, yeah, <laughs> and Jackie Gleason is the guy that's constantly getting like sexually shaped by a cosmic deity. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so off the walls, yeah. bonkers. Joe Casey at his best. Yeah, it is like. If you want a book written by somebody with a severe drug problem that carries through <laughs> to every page, you need to check out Butcher Baker the Righteous Maker. I'm your Thanks a lot for that question, Nate. That was an excellent one and a lot of fun to answer. And if you're looking for some new highly addictive comic reads, send us an email at the subject line comicpushers to twoheadednerd at gmail.com and include a list of other comics or movie TV shows that you're into and we'll write you a prescription that will leave you wet in your pants waiting for more. Before we finish up here, Joe, read us a couple more tweets or Facebook posts on the question of the week. As you may have expected, the usual suspects pop up time and again in these answers. Frank Miller, Jeff Loeb, uh, Martin John writes in and he says he had some words of defense for guys like John Byrne and Claremont, just saying that maybe they didn't necessarily, you know, evolve with the times. And I and I understand that they're from sure. a different era. That's fair. Whatever. He says. I will echo Loeb, although I believe that having your son die would knock your brain into another world altogether. I agree, but here's the thing. He had, and I'm not saying that that has any... I don't think that has anything to do with it, because he continued to have successes in TV and stuff. I mean, like, he wrote for Lost. Yeah, but uh, was Lost any good when he was writing it? Yeah, I liked it. Here's the thing about Jeff Loeb. I think he's still a good writer. I think he's just changed the way he wants to tell stories. He definitely has. But here's the thing. Love him or hate him, go to a Comic-Con... There is a line of people wrapped around the Marvel booth waiting to meet Jeff Loeb. That's true. And dudes' comics still sell. It's true. They sell huge. But I mean, you look at something like Ultimatum and you gotta wonder, or uh, yeah, Ultimatum and Ultimates 3 and just gotta wonder, God, what happened? I agree. Ultimatum was the highest selling graphic novel from Marvel that but year. But that is not out. indicative of quality. It's sold. It's sold. So people I are repeat, buying it. That's not indicative of quality. I agree. But still, we look back now, years later, and go, man, that was awful. I fucking hated it. I'm saying people are buying it. People are stupid. So there are people that like it. Nathan Bradford says that, not that his quality has decreased, but I'm disappointed with the work or lack thereof from Alex Ross. Many years back, he was painting gorgeous stories like Marvels and Kingdom Come. His work nowadays consists of poster print and yeah. cover work. Who do we have to bribe? Pay off our blackmail to get Alex Ross to do a full sequential miniseries. Masks number one comes out next week get from ready, Dynamite. Buddy. Now, whether or not he'll do more than one issue, eh. But yeah, we'll see. I agree. Like the idea that Alex Ross is just doing 
posters and covers of the shadow. Yeah, and Kirby if, Genesis. Uh, come on, Alex. Come on. Yeah. I know and I like Kirby Genesis. I know you hate the DC reboot, but come on. We yeah. need a like a good superhero story from Alex Ross. I agree. I need it. And our last one was from Damon Dorsey. Welcome aboard, Damon. Welcome aboard, Damon. I think this is his first contribution. I can certainly echo what others said about Frank Miller, but no one had farther to fall in my 80s fanboy estimation than Alan Moore. Not everything needs to be a masterpiece, but I can't find a way into anything he does now. I agree. And I totally agree. I agree. I haven't been excited about anything Alan Moore has done since League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 1. Last, Fashion Beast was the last thing that really did it for me. Stop it. I'm kidding. That book was terrible. Stop it. <laughs> These were all really great answers, guys. And as always, way too many to read on the show. We're already way over time. Thank you all for contributing. And stay tuned for our answer to the question of the week in the web-exclusive Answer of the Week audio blog, which we will post Sunday-ish. Uh, Sunday afternoon-ish. <laughs> Ish. Sort of, sort of break, it, break it down like this. And that is it for the fun with infidelity and chemistry edition of THN. If two man-children smashing drug references and news tidbits about high-ranking government officials ruining their reputations into a show about comics leaves you feeling glazed and stony, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, where, if you want to prove your THN love, you should leave us a star rating and a written review and help us get in the iTunes top ten in this real thing. Okay. Noted. Screw you, it is a real thing. Huge thanks to all of our donors, and if you'd like to help keep us in classy apartments for our mistresses and drugs, you can make your donation in any amount at the new and improved nerd.com. Listen, kids, I don't take drugs. <laughs> but you can also contact us there about sponsor information. We are looking for sponsors. Oh, I thought you were talking about like... No, not like drug sponsors. <laughs> I mean, like, you if you want to sponsor the damn show. Yeah, if you want to sponsor this kind of nonsense, yes, we're interested. So this nonsense, send us an email. Specifically. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed and our email, toeditnerd at gmail.com, or you can send us your love slash hate mail, or the comic that you would like us to review. You can ask for suggestions from the comic pushers, or throw us a question for Ask a Nerd. And don't forget to check out all the new content from the THN Love Slaves, our stable of writers, including a piece of from Christopher McLucas about why I am insane for defending the comic Frost. It's not about you. Well, everything's kind of about me. <laughs> and remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. Next week, we'll be reviewing Doug Wildey's Rio from IDW. When we take a look, it's in a book. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to the Hostess Company, who, as we said, will be closing their doors next week after a crippling strike by workers and years of financial distress caused President and CEO Twinkie the Kid to shoot himself in his penthouse office. <laughs> Word to you, Hostess, who taught us through the Hostess comics of the 80s that there is no problem that cannot be solved by cream-filled cakes, except perhaps diabetes. And until next time, <laughs> true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Give me a Danzig roar. That was pretty good. That was great. That was pretty good. Well, the moon is broken. The sky is cracked. Come on, up to the house. The only thing you can see is all that you like. So come on.
ับเธอ